Immerse yourself in rich biblical history and Christian heritage with Vision Tours. Exploring Australia, the Holy Lands and other global destinations. Forge bonds of lasting friendship as you fellowship with like-minded believers and discover a new richness in your faith in Christ and a broader understanding of the world's Christian heritage. Enjoy the fellowship of a lifetime with Vision Tours. Explore upcoming tour packages at vision.org.au slash tours. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Friday, good to connect with Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, who's been reflecting this past week on some of the music that he listened to back at a time when he was converted. Uh, from being a drugged-up hippie, some things caught his imagination, and it was the music that he was hearing on the radio or the music that he was hearing at concerts. Let's talk through some of the issues around the songs we listen to and perhaps uh, a little reminiscence. And if you've got a few years under your belt, you might remember some of the songs no doubt we'll get to talk about today. But Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Always great to be with you. Bill, we've talked about your conversion a little bit before, but we've never talked about it by way of the sorts of music that you were listening to at the time. And as I say in that introduction, a drugged up hippie and listening to songs on the radio. Uh, This is a time around the late 60s into the 1970s, uh, the flower power era. Uh, What sort of music were you listening to at the time? Yeah, well, I was fully into the whole hippie scene, the whole rock scene, the counterculture scene, and uh, not only listened to plenty of it, of course, bought plenty of the albums, but a good part of our life back then was simply going from one rock concert to another. Uh, small Midwestern town I lived in, so we had to travel a bit to get to some of these uh, bigger acts in the bigger cities, but, you know, I managed to see quite a few that were, at least at the time, pretty hardcore, whether uh, Santana or Grateful Dead or Jefferson Airplane and so on. So, yeah, that was a big part of my life as a non-Christian, music and drugs and... and yeah, it was just, you know, there was, oh, was a bit of a search early on. I thought I was a spiritual seeker, but after a while, when you just do a lot of drugs, I think I started to lose some of the the initial search for spiritual truth, and you just ended up getting stoned a lot, listening to music a lot, And uh, but thankfully God was still, uh, well, searching after me, if nothing else, even if I had given up the search. So, yeah, some of the, even the secular music, some of the popular songs during the time, uh, well, sometimes they, they sang about Jesus. Sometimes it wasn't exactly very orthodox gospel truth, but for a, still a somewhat seeking and, you know, lost uh, hippie back then to hear some of these songs, whether on the radio or see them in concert, well, it got you thinking, and I think God used it not just for me, but for many others to say, hey, maybe there's something you need to consider. Uh, how about considering Jesus? Instead of all these other, uh, you know, Eastern religions and the occult and the New Age and everything else I was exploring, how about going back to the God of the Bible and Jesus of the Bible? 
an old saying, uh, no publicity is bad publicity. And even when Jesus gets mentioned in secular songs, uh, there actually is some value to that because people acknowledging in some sense, even if they get a whole lot of context wrong, even if they say the wrong things, just mentioning Jesus or heaven or, you know, mm. and, uh, you know songs, uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway mm. to Heaven. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain spirituality about right. it. It's not biblical spirituality, but there's a, yeah. a certain connection there. Some of the songs you used to like in those days, Bill, take us back to the 1970s, <laughs> uh, Trip yeah. Down Memory Lane. What were you listening to? <laughs> well, again, there's a... Right, in my piece, you have to be kind of an old guy like uh, me, maybe you. Um, well, because I became a Christian in August of 1971. So, yeah, we're talking over 50 years ago now. So if you're a young listener, just consider this to be a lesson in ancient history or something. <laughs> but uh, some of us older guys will certainly remember. And by the way, I preface my piece on this music by saying that C.S. Lewis had famously mentioned in his book his, well, how he got saved, surprised by joy. He talked about that the good atheist can never be too careful. God has got traps planted everywhere. You know, there's uh, pages open of books with poetry about God or Bibles laying here and there or just all kinds of little traps that God has for the atheist. And so he said he was kind of uh, caught dragging and kicking his feet into the kingdom, but uh, everywhere he turned, it seemed like God was giving little hints of himself in the gospel. So yeah, some of these songs, uh, some you'll recall, I think it was Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky, that might have been, what, 69 or so. Again, not certainly not orthodox uh, Christianity, but he spoke about, I got a friend in Jesus. Um Remember, actually, one uh, folk singer, I think she's still alive, actually, Joan Baez, uh, tended to be a, a leftist, of course, and wrote a lot of protest songs. But I recall one period being quite depressed and bummed out, and uh, a <clears throat> friend had uh, introduced me to her newest album. I think it came out in 69. She had written it because her husband was about to go to jail because he was avoiding the draft. Uh, during the Vietnam War, of course, I was thinking, gee, I'm going to probably have to flee to Canada or something to avoid the draft. So on that album by Joan Baez, she had a number of traditional Christian songs like Will the Circle Be Unbroken and Just a Closer Walk With Thee. You know, as a hippie, I wasn't exactly listening to Christian hymns, but I liked Joan Baez and the protest song she wrote, and so I bought the album, and just hearing those, you know, bits and pieces of Christian gospel songs, that really had an impact on me. And perhaps one more, there's many, but one more a lot of people would maybe recall. And most people have heard the word Beatles. I mean, even if you're a 15-year-old, hopefully you've heard of the Beatles. Well, of course, one of them, George Harrison, uh, eventually they, the four did kind of go their own way and put out their own albums. Uh, I think it was 1971, perhaps, George Harrison released the album All Things Must Pass, which for me sounded good. You know, I was bummed out and depressed, suicidal, so... That sounded good, but one of the hit songs on that album was, of course, My Sweet Lord. 
Uh, if you recall that, it wasn't just about Jesus as a sweet Lord. He was also singing about Krishna and all that. So a typical kind of a hippie search for, uh, you know, eclectic spirituality where everything will go, Jesus, Krishna, they're all fine. But I do recall the impact that song had on me in my journey. In fact, I recall once it came on on a secular radio station when I was driving with a friend in the car. She knew I was on a bit of a journey, and she said, Oh, Bill, a song like that really must uh, speak to you. And I said, Yeah, it does. And, of course, the interesting thing is about, oh, well, eight months later, uh, I did become a Christian, and I did discover personally Jesus as my sweet Lord. So it's interesting now, all these little bits and pieces, little foretastes of the gospel, inklings, hints, that God could even plant in pagan rock and roll, uh, well, could help a hippie like me to come to Christ. And a surprise, even shock, no doubt, when you hear the story behind, say, a George Harrison song like My Sweet Lord and its Hare Krishna connections, which were uh, way, way off from where you would be going in your own discipleship and recognizing Jesus as your sweet Lord. Uh, Speaking of Jesus, his name came up in a lot of those old hits of the 70s. Uh, Jesus is just all right. The Doobie Brothers, uh, another one of your favorite songs, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that one actually had been recorded, I think, by various others, maybe even going back to the mid '60s. Uh, by the time the Doobie Brothers did have it as a big hit, I think that might have been 1972. So that was just after I got saved, mind you. But still, I was listening. You know, even though I personally threw away all my books and my record albums. When I became a Christian, I figured I need to make a pretty clean break from things, so I chucked them all in the bin. Um, but still, you'd hear stuff on the radio, and yeah, uh, Jesus is just all right came out in '72, so you'd think, oh, wonder if these other some of these secular groups are starting to get the message as well. So yeah, God. Uh, always kept a witness even in the secular music scene. Bill, there was a quite a significant thing that was happening for people who were getting converted back mm. to the 1970s and uh, almost a ritualistic burning of your old secular albums which were considered to be of the devil and uh, people would throw their albums on the fire and uh, something would happen with the vinyl and uh, it would squeak somehow and someone would say there's a demon squealing as it leaves uh, the record. Uh, That sort of thing really demonstrates, doesn't it, a a repentance, a a turning around from from evil uh, and a turning to God. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how you might even think about your music today? Yeah, well, it's, uh, as I say, for myself, I needed a clean break. I needed to really say no to my past life in a most uh, radical and clear-cut fashion. So for me, I uh, went to the city incinerator with about 300 books, 300 albums, and chucked them and that was making a clean break. Mind you, a bit later, when I became a Christian, I thought, oh, a few of these I would have liked. So I actually, as a Christian, later on, went and bought for a second time uh, the Joan Baez album that had those uh, gospel tunes on. But yeah, it was not just me, but, you know, everybody. We had, A, the counterculture, right, the radical, secular revolution of the left, 
But Jesus always has a witness, so we also had at that time the Jesus revolution, right? Well, I was one, of course, a hippie who got saved, but certainly in California, Southern California, there were plenty of these guys uh, getting saved. So uh, early days, we had Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel in uh, Southern California. That's where a lot of these newly saved hippies uh, went to for church. You'd often get baptized in the ocean, go there, and uh, so uh, not just to turn around from the old life to the new, but what do you do if you're, say, an old rocker, a secular pagan rocker who gets saved? What do you do about your music? So I noticed with interest if yesterday or the other day social media saying it's the 50th anniversary of love song. Some of you, uh, the older <laughs> among you, would remember the group Love Song. Chuck Gerard and others, uh, they came out with their first album, 1972, and they were part of that mix with uh, Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapel. And of course, they had to think again, what do we do? Here we're used to hardcore rock and roll and all the rest. So they came out as a very quiet and smooth kind of acoustic group, as did many of the Christians who were just saved out of the hippie and the rock scene. They really kind of turned away from the hardcore rock and did a lot more soft acoustic stuff. Sure, eventually, uh, the Christian music scene just expanded, and you probably have every genre there is today, whether rap or you name it. And, uh, you know, you get hardcore Christian groups as well. So, but that was interesting. Uh, I individually and they as a group had to figure out, all right, now that we're Christians, we want to renounce this old pagan lifestyle that we lived in. And yet, well, God may have given some of us gifts as musicians. You know, we we used it to serve the devil before, and now uh, we're trying to figure out as Christians how we can use these abilities to serve the Lord. In fact, there was what... Uh, one famous song by Larry Norman, you know, why should the devil have all the good music? <laughs> was kind of one of the questions many were asking. How can we use our talents for the Lord now that we're saved? So the 50th anniversary of the group Love Song, and uh, some listeners uh, will remember Chuck Gerard and an uh, instrumental in uh, the turning around of your own music focus, Bill, from uh, those songs which were typically anti-God. Uh, in fact, mm -hmm. uh, in a protest movement, uh, there were all sorts of things that were going on, no doubt, in the time of the late 60s into the 1970s. Let's just very quickly touch on things today, Bill. Uh, some of the songs that you'll hear on the radio today are very, very different to what might be considered mild back in the 1970s. Songs that are, we might even make an assessment, uh, blatantly satanic, evil, overtly sexual, even blasphemous to God that young people are listening to today. The opportunity to hear a Christian song that might just make a difference in their lives. Uh, that's your testimony. It can continue to happen today in 2022. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both are ramping up. Of course, secular music has gotten more and more hardcore in many ways, right? I even do a talk I give featuring a lot of songs over the last half century. It started off pretty innocuous, right? Uh, you ain't nothing but a hound dog or the Beatles singing, I want to hold your hand. It's gotten a whole lot uh, worse. 
sexually and uh, morally and other ways stand. So we have all kinds of stuff now, death metal, the whole bit. But uh, again, God has got his witness as well, where, well, sometimes we speak of crossover artists, those who have their feet in both gospel music and secular music. So God always will raise up people to uh, point to himself, and that's the good news. Some of it's better than others, but again, as Lewis said, you have to watch out if you're trying to uh, avoid God. Well, sometimes God will still sneak up on you anyway, so if you really want to be safe, I suppose turn your radio off and don't read books and the whole bit, but God is good. He does seek out his people, and uh, uh, may may it long continue. And I'm sure there are many, many more songs we could remember and uh, mm-hmm. even uh, take things to another depth and we might have to wait till another day. Uh, the thought that there might be even songs that are so evil, so mm-hmm. bad, so obviously of the devil, uh, they might also uh, prick our conscience and turn us towards the God of the Bible. Bill, I'll point listeners to uh, your latest articles and this one that we're talking about today, all about your own conversion experience and the 50th anniversary of the group Love Song, which was uh, with lead singer Chuck Gerard. Uh, listeners can find your article at BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Little pilgrim Walking down the road of life I find that in your heart You're just a lonely one For you see Upon that very road My search for good and truth Had its beginning You take a little turn To the left You see what that path has to offer you Then you gotta make it back to the main road anyhow And you have all that lost time to make up for And it's a sad thing to realize That you're all alone That you're on your own Again Little pilgrim Walking down the road of life Can't you see that there are so many others And they are just like you I was looking in that same direction But all I ever found were others And they were searching just like me And we didn't find the way or the answers To the questions that were buried deep down in our souls found that the ways of men have no answers anyhow 
little pilgrim Walking down the road of life I know that deep down in your heart That you are just like me What you're seeking Is a better way And you're reaching out For temporary resting places And you're glad to find A little peace of mind Here and there But it won't last No, no Cause you'll have to move along Someday Till you're resting in the arms Of the only one who can help you Till you give your heart And your soul And your body And your mind And your life To the Lord And it's a glad thing To realize That you're not alone No that you found your way back home back home well chuck gerard love song and little pilgrim on vision christian radio it's neil johnson with you the friday edition of 2020 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.